news. Just to say, if you are interested in the Alpha course, you can sign up online, or there is an information sheet, or if you want to know more, at our information point. And any of the announcements that we share, you're not quite sure, you're in a bit more detail, then Trace is on our information point today. That's just outside the doors at the red board. You can ask any questions you like. You can also sign up there. Maybe you're new to Jubilee. You'll call yourself a Christian. Maybe you've just become a Christian. And this week at the building, on Tuesday night, we're starting our foundations course. And that's a real opportunity to find out what the key things of the Christian faith are, to meet other new Christians. We have tea and coffee together. Great opportunity to get to know people. So we'd love you to join us 7.30 uh, on Tuesday night here at Jubilee Central. You can just turn up or there is a sign-up sheet. Again, you can fill in hand to Tracy just outside uh, in the corridor. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Steve Whittington and I help to lead Jubilee Church. And I, who was here last Sunday here at Jubilee? Great. I heard it was a great uh, Easter celebration. And so thank you to everybody who got involved and those uh, who invited guests. I actually had the privilege of uh, not being with you. That was a real privilege. Um, <laughs> what I mean was it was a great privilege to be at our new church plant called Freedom Church in Waddington which is just over the border in Lincolnshire, and I'm now helping to support that church plant as part of our family of churches in uh, regions beyond. And it was so great to see this small uh, group of believers passionate about God, wanting to affect their local village and community. And they have a particular desire. Those of you who know Waddington, there's RAF Waddington there. And they have a particular passion to really reach the families and the servicemen and women who are serving there. That's uh, Freedom Church on the right there. That was the adult band. We started the worship with, there's one family who's got five sons, and all five sons were involved in playing an instrument. It was incredible. And we did all sorts of actions. I'm going to have to teach you some new action songs, I think, next time. But God is on the move uh, in Hull, in Waddington. You'll see on the left there, that's a picture of our church plant again in London called Trinity Church. And today they're celebrating. Today they're having their first baptisms as a church plant, which is really, really exciting for a new church to have seen people come to know Jesus and celebrate. That's where my wife is this morning. That's why my shirt isn't looking quite as well ironed as it normally is. Uh, I mean, she should have remembered to do it before she went away. But, but she didn't. And now I looked at that ironing board and I thought, how do you put it up? Um, I only wear a shirt once a week, and that's on a Sunday. Funerals and weddings as well. But she's there in London celebrating with our church there. And of course, the previous Sunday before Easter, we had our own baptisms here. Wasn't it great to hear the stories of what God's doing? And I was just about awake as uh, I went with Phil and Debbie Irvin. Uh, we went to Greece to our national sort of leaders conference, international leaders conference in Greece. And it was just an incredible time uh, as we connected with our church family from around the world. I was involved in interviewing people on the stage, people from Mexico and Brazil, people from uh, the Middle East. And it's incredible to hear stories of what God is doing through our churches, particularly reaching unreached people groups. Unreached people groups around the world are people who've never had the opportunity to hear the gospel. And we're not only preaching there, but we're planting churches in unreached people groups of the world, including some very strong Islamic nations where people are coming to know Jesus. And we have secret churches meeting in those places. And God is on 
the move. Such a privilege to be there as we worship together in different languages, as we had powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit and heard some great teaching together. So it's such a privilege uh, that I wish we could have all been there. It was just me, Phil and Debbie, and Josh and Jen managed to go. Selby paid for them to go, which was amazing, our church in Selby. But it was great to remind ourselves what a humble movement we're part of, a relationship-building movement we're part of. And one of the things that we're doing in the church movement we're part of, a Reader's Bond, we're now planting a church every two weeks. A new church is being planted every two weeks across the world. We're part of a growing church movement. God is doing something incredible with us. And we're all a part of that. Now, at the moment, in the UK, we only have 29 churches, but we are believing God for more. And of course, we're now planning and looking to God for our congregation in the north of the city. And I'm thrilled to say that Josh and Jen Davies are going to lead that church for us, that congregation, that plant. And so over the next few weeks and months, we're going to be sharing some news about that, how you can get involved. And we're looking for God that we're going to have, at some point, have a Sunday congregation up there of Jubilee Church. Are you excited about that? Because I am. I'm excited that God is in the move in the nations, but also here in North Hull. One of the prophetic words that was recently given to us is regions beyond. And we're part of that family, so it's given to Jubilee Church, which also means it's given to you and I. And this is the prophetic word that came, it came from a guy called Rory who's based in Australia in our new church there, Grace City Church there in Sydney. And this is what God spoke to us through him. He said this, I believe God is taking us into a new era. It's not a change of season, as it is not something we've experienced before. New eras present a total change of landscape, which brings about such a significant change in the mode of operation. Seasons are recognisable, by those who've experienced them before, and one can find yourself back at the same point. A new era is something totally new. God is speaking to us as churches together, as Jubilee Church Hall, as individuals, that God is wanting to bring us into a new era, not just a change of season. Now, I know in the last couple of weeks, we've had the bright sunshine and we've had hailstones. But we're used to that in England, (laughs) because our seasons aren't always as exact. But we know, those of you who are gardeners, you know when you can put out the pot plants again into the garden. You shouldn't do that to the end of May, my wife tells me. And I kept saying, they're beautiful, put them out. I'm glad she didn't. They've been ripped to shreds by the hail. But seasons are recognisable. But God is speaking to us that it's a new era for us. Something different. Things are going to change and will change. God is going to move more in power in this church and in this city. And we're believing God for a new era. So we need to get ready. We need to plan. We need to prepare and step into all that God has for us. He has incredible exploits, calling for each one of us. We all have a part to play. And one of the opportunities we're being able to do that, to play our part as God moves us on, is in two weeks' time, we are going to rejoice because we've got a gift day when we're going to give finance to God, extra to what we normally give. Obviously, week by week, we pass around the offering bucket. Month by month, people give by standing order. But 
twice, once or twice a year, we have a special day when we specifically say we're going to give more. And we're going to give to specific things that are going to enable the kingdom of God to advance through Jubilee and into the city. And I believe the new era means God will challenge us to be more sacrificial, more generous than ever before. Now this gift day, we're primarily giving to the work of TLG, which is called Transforming Life for Good, as we open an education centre here at Jubilee. We also want to employ a youth worker and also, of course, continue to resource all that God is already doing. And we're believing God for £65,000. That means all of us need to get on board and seek God's provision to give. I thought this, rather than a usual preach that we normally do on Sundays, we open up God's word, maybe to just give a bit of background, is why are we giving to TLG? What is it, this education centre, that we're wanting to open here at Jubilee? Well, on Wednesday this week, I had the privilege of talking and listening to some lads at a rehab centre just up on Holderness Road. And those lads have been in and out of prison most of their lives. And they're now working through an addiction program. And I asked them who had found education difficult. And all of them, seven, well, I've said, all put up their hands. Seven out of the nine had been excluded from school. One of them had left education, and the other had just managed to complete school. But all of them said this who had been excluded that it had a damaging effect on their future. For them, it felt like another failure, another rejection, and added to their lack of self-worth, and added to their downward spiral into addiction. In whole, there are many children, many youth, that are facing issues such as family breakdown, bereavement, drug and alcohol abuse, bullying, poverty, gang culture, mental health, physical health, lack of parental support, and other distressing circumstances. And actually, it's rarely possible for a young person to battle through any of these without their education taking a toll. Do you know, in the UK, that's across the UK, over 200,000 children are excluded from school each year. Prisoners that have been permanently excluded from school are more likely to be repeat offenders than other prisoners. 95% of the prisoners in whole prison have had exclusion from school. Children who've been taken into care are twice as likely to be excluded. On average, poorer young people are four times more likely to be excluded as those who have not. As a church, I hope you realise this if you've been part of Jubilee, or if you're not, you'll know this. We are called to reach and impact the most vulnerable in our city. And we're doing that in so many ways already. But we know that God is calling us to have a greater impact in changing children's and youth's lives and impacting families, more than we ever have before. So therefore, we're aiming to open up our education centre in September. Let me just say that, this. It's not a cosy, bubble Christian school. It's a school run by the church with Christian staff. And we're recruiting a head teacher at the moment to lead 
the centre will also then employ a qualified teacher, sorry, he'll be a qualified teacher. They'll be supported by an assistant teacher. And then as we grow, we hope to employ a third member of staff. Our education centre will have between six and 12 young people, probably no more than 10. And they go through a, an educational programme structured around six lessons a day. They follow a curriculum based on English, maths and ICT, include science, personal and social education, a range of other subject areas, which will allow the students to gain vital qualifications to progress to further education or employment. And we have a high staff ratio, it's one to three, because we want to enable the young person to receive the crucial pastoral support that they need. And some of us here will also be able to play an active role in the centre, because the centre is boosted by volunteers who either support in the classroom or help and support the wraparound support around the family. We'll also probably run out-of-school activities beyond the school day in order to see the transformation of young people beyond education. Because in addition to this, TLG also provides a, a, a time to go away where they share the gospel to them in one of their residentials. And as part of what we wanted to do with TLG, we want to employ a youth worker, not only to strengthen our youth work here at Jubilee, but also to be a connection into the school. Because where the schools, the centres work best is the connection between the church and what God is doing. And young people coming to know Jesus for the first time, experiencing God. Because ultimately, education is excellent. Education is good. But ultimately, all of us need an encounter with Jesus Christ, which changes our destiny forever. And so therefore, we want to employ a youth worker to help in this process. I want to watch a story of this boy called Jay. One of the stories in one of our already existing education centres, Weirby Centre 14, that will open here in Hull. But that's CJ's story, what God's done in his life. We've maybe start at the beginning, just turn up, go right back to the beginning, just turn up the sound, that's it. Thank Have you, Shane. Have you ever Shane. seen a person play for seven hours straight on a computer game? Because that is me. Can we go back, can we start again, sorry, because the first bit's quite crucial. Sorry, just, sorry about this. We have had Have you ever seen a person play for seven hours straight on a computer game? Because that is me. Jaden was excluded at age six and uh, his behaviours were climbing on tables, he was climbing under tables, leaving school, swearing at staff, trying to engage in his education was really difficult for him. At school I, it was really boring so like it wasn't very enjoyable because I got bored easily and so I like to jump on things a lot. Before TLG, Jaden um, wasn't sleeping. He was really struggling with peer relationships. He had no peer relationships. So he spent a lot of his time online in his room and he just wouldn't engage with the outside world. Did you have many friends before coming to the youth group? Online or offline? Offline. No. No. All staff help Jaden, but he does have a really good relationship with um, with Tom. There's the teacher named Tom, and he does the PE, and that's my favourite stuff. He just really knows Jay. He, Jay really responds well to him, 
and they have a really good relationship where they can share humour together but also have that relationship where they work well together and Tom has just been brilliant with him. What's your behaviour like now you're at TLG? How many chairs have I thrown around? Not many. Very good. I'm incredibly proud of Jay. He has done some really impressive stuff. He's, his levels have gone up. He is engaging well with peers. He's engaging in the youth projects that we run after school. He's working, um, he's coming to, to church and engaging with church life. All round has just really improved and we're just incredibly proud of him. It's just one of the stories of uh, Jay. Children like Jay are at risk of permanent exclusion from school and our aim is to support young people, help deal with issues, teach and give family support in order them, for them to be prepared to re-enter mainstream education because that will give them a greater foundation and future prospects. Do you know there are many Jays in this city and God is calling us as Jubilee to reach out and bring support. Who here has ever been young? <laughs> Who's young right now? Some of us might feel young. Who like, who'd like to feel young again? <laughs> Do you know, youth can be a frustrating time in life. It's kind of that period, isn't it, when you're not quite mature enough to make wise choices all the time, and yet we want to be independent. To be honest, it's like that when you're older at times as well, isn't it? But in youth, you're trying to find some sense of identity. Who are you? That's why sometimes they act and dress so weirdly. They can be quite bizarre young people, because I was too. But the Bible represents youth as a time both of danger, but also of challenge. Moses said this. He said, the imagination of men's hearts is evil from his youth. And then Paul goes on to tell Timothy to flee youthful lusts. Youth can be a great time of temptation, of things in your face. But God, I believe, also recognises the value of youth and children. Youngsters have energy, they're daring. Their hearts are filled and need to be filled with visions of the future. Indeed, they can play the most valuable part in our society, but also in God's kingdom. And it's often a time in their youth when people come to know Jesus. I came to know Jesus at the age of 13. And it changed my, the trajectory of my life forever. Solomon, who's in the Old Testament, he says this in Ecclesiastes 12.1. He had given most of his life to be stupid. But then he considered it later in life. He says this, Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. If you're young, God's challenge is, is to remember the creator in the days of your youth. There's a God who is interested in us. There's a God who created us in his image. There's a God who's able to deal with things going on in our lives. And God wants us to remember him and look to the God who created us. Paul the Apostle said this to Timothy. 
says, don't let anybody look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in contact, in love, in faith, and in purity. God is wanting youth, people of our city, young people on our estates, young people who are struggling right now to be turned around and to be examples of God's grace and mercy and kindness. That we're not to look down on the young, but we're to set, they're to set an example. And the Bible is full of examples how God has used younger people in some of the most vital roles. And I want to encourage us again today. Some of us still buy the whole Daily Mail. I only have a look at it online and see some of the troubles and difficulties we have with youth across the city. Places in our city where taxi drivers are refusing to go because of the stones being thrown at the cars. Well, we're believing better things and greater things for the youth of this city because we know a God who can break in and change lives. Let's just look at some biblical examples. The story of Joseph. Joseph was a favorite of his father, which meant his brothers were pretty jealous of him. He was the one that had the multi-colored coat. So in hate, the brothers sold Joseph into slavery to some Ishmaelites who transported him down to Egypt, where Joseph was brought by an Egyptian officer called Potiphar. And during the course of his work, Potiphar's evil wife cast longing eyes upon Joseph, attempted to seduce him, but he with firm resolve resisted saying this, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And at that time, Joseph was only 17 years of age. A young lad in a strange land, separated from his people, his family, and his center of religious strength, yet he was faithful to God. At the age of 17, as the story unfolds, we learn that Joseph was not only used by God, but he was used to preserve the Hebrew nation. It says of this later, Joseph said this in Genesis 45.5, God sent me here to preserve life. And at the end of his life, his brother said to him, after God's provision had come because of the work that Joseph had done, the brother said this, you meant great, he said this, he said, you meant great, evil against me, but God meant it for good, to save many lives. The brothers wanted to commit evil against the brother, but God used it to save many lives. God trusted a teenager to save a nation from starvation. Miriam, another incredible woman in the Old Testament, and as the Hebrew people multiplied to the land of Egypt, they were perceived as a threat to the stability of the nation. And the order was given that Israelite male babies were to be thrown, to be killed into the Nile. And when Moses was born, his parents hid him for three months. Then they put him in a little boat, a little basket made of papyrus grass, and they put him by the river's edge and just committed him to God. In the meantime, Moses' older sister Miriam, who was estimated to be sort of 12 years age of age at this time, was posted a little way away to keep an eye on Moses. She then persuaded the finder of Moses to allow Moses' own mother to care for the child, having no idea who she was or the mother. 
the future of what happened, the story of Moses who ended up leading God's people out of slavery, ultimately into the promised land. That destiny of that little boy was a woman called Miriam who protected, who looked out. An instrument to employ for the delivery of Moses, given to a young girl. Do you think that says something about how God loves youth and values youth? Yes, it does. How about Josiah? Josiah, a king in the Old Testament, often called the noblest king to reign in the territory of Judah. The Bible says there was no ruler of his caliber, neither before or after him, who sought the Lord with all his heart as he did. Do you know Josiah was only eight years of age when he came to the throne? And at the age of the 16, he began to seek God. And by the time he turned 20, he initiated a campaign to purge the southern kingdom of all the idolatry. Then when Josiah was 26, he arranged for repairs on the temple, which was the place of worship. And it was at a time when a tremendously significant event occurred. A copy of the law was given to Moses, and it was discovered in the temple. When the religious and moral message of the sacred document was studied again, the spiritual fabric of that nation was seen to stand in such glaring contrast. And a reformation, a returning to what God has said, came to that place. And then, of course, Josiah was the one who restored the celebration of the Passover, which hadn't been observed up to that time. And since the Passover was designed to preview, to point towards the person of Jesus, Josiah was an important element in preparing the nation for the Saviour's arrival. God placed confidence in a king who was eight, who was working for God at the age of 16. Jeremiah another prophet, used by God from the age of 13 to proclaim God's call to a nation. Timothy, we've already mentioned him, he was one of Paul's closest friends, worked with Paul the Apostle. And when the Apostle wrote to the church in Philippi, the congregation from whom he had the greatest love and affection, he pledged to send Timothy to assist them. And he paid this lad the highest compliment when he told the Philippian church this, I have no man like-minded who will truly care for your state. And from the time to time during Paul's missionary endeavours as he went out planting church after church, who was by his side? Timothy. And Timothy, later on, it was described as a young man. Paul converted Timothy probably on his first missionary journey when he was in Lystra. And when the apostle passed through the region a second time, he selected then, it was when he called Timothy to come with him. Timothy was still regarded as a youth when Paul wrote his first letter to him, which was some 14 years later after Timothy had joined Paul on his journeys. So Timothy was probably 16, 17, 18 when he was Paul's right-hand man, helping to plant churches, strengthen churches. What incredible ways God will use young people and work through them. He does great things with young people and with children. You know, Jesus had the children around him. And the disciples, 
thought it was a distraction and tried to push the children away. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me. You know, Jesus isn't distracted by children and young people. He calls them to himself. He sits them on his knee. He brings them close to himself. That's the God who we worship this morning. A God who loves each one of us, but calls children, young people. As our young people are gathering upstairs today, we're not just putting on a a holding station for the main meeting down here. Not to give you parents a break, but we're wanting, as I hope you do as parents at home, helping them to encounter God for themselves. Because we're believing if God changes a child, then they can do great things for his kingdom. So our kids' workers are praying praying for the Holy Spirit to work through our children, asking that God would work in them because we're committed to that as a church. And history is also full of examples where God uses young people. Jonathan Edwards, by the age of 13, he'd mastered Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. By the age of 19, he made his resolution to live and thank only what was to the glory of God And he became one of the world's most influential theologians in Reformed theology and was key in moves of great revival where hundreds of thousands came to know Jesus. Elizabeth Fry, what a woman. At the age of 17, in response to what God had for her, began to keep herself busy doing good where she saw any kind of need. And then she was later did some incredible, amazing work among women prisoners and campaigned to stop them being sent away to foreign colonies. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he became a pastor at 16. By the age of 20, he was the pastor of the largest church in the UK. He then went on to plant over 200 churches. Evan Roberts, age 13, began to pray for his nation of Wales. God answered his prayer when in 1904, one of the most incredible revivals took place with over 150,000 people coming to know Jesus. Billy Graham, who's now passed on, is now with Jesus. At the age of 19, when he first spoke at a meeting about all that God had done for him, he just shared his testimony. He then went on to preach the gospel to over 90 million people in hundreds of nations. Jackie Pullinger, one of my greatest modern heroes, felt a sense of calling to be a missionary when she was in Sunday school. She later went to do incredible work in Hong Kong amongst drug addicts and triad gangs. You know, as you read church history, there's been revivals which have been started when a group of children as young as five have met together to pray. You know, God wants to rescue God wants to save young people and use them in his purposes. We had the privilege last year, we're going to watch the next video, of a guy called Danny. Danny actually stood on this stage, told us some of his story. But many of us weren't here, so I'm going to, let's just watch Danny's story. My name's Danny, I'm 23 years of age. This is my story my childhood and there was quite a lot of domestic abuse going on. My father used to kind of knock us around and a way of me focusing my energy was to do kind of bad things when I'd go to to school. 
people I was surrounded by didn't really help to be honest with you, you know, sometimes they say you are a product of your um, environment. When I first came to TLG out of mainstream school, I didn't want to be here in the sense that I just wanted to be at mainstream school and with the people that, that adored me and the people that liked me. And it was kind of going into another world in a way because um, I didn't know what to expect. And coming into TLG really, the people I was surrounded by, um, people such as Sam at the time, um, Mark at the time as well, and Helen, really tried to understand what I've been through as well. There is a genuine care with TLG as well. There are some places that you'd go to and you'd think, all oh, these people, they get paid to do the job what they're doing. With TLG, I felt they really wanted to help. I started to sense that and I started to really open to it as well. They really helped me to understand that, look, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. After I'd left TLG, I went back into mainstream school. I then went to college to study business, graduated from college, then thought I want to go further on to do um, business management in university. Graduated with a 2-1. Currently I work for a property investment company. I got baptised 2015 in a church in Stoke on Trent when I was at university, funnily enough. I decided I wanted to take a step into God's world. I literally felt free because in Christ we are free. Individuals and, and chains are broken. I'm able to look to one person and that's God and say like, thank you for everything you've done. Danny, actually now that was video was taken about 18 months ago, now actually works in Bradford in headquarters for TLG. There are many J's in this city. There are many Dannys. We don't know who the children and young people who are going to be the next Josiahs, the next Miriams, the next Evan Roberts, the next Elizabeth Fries. But surely we must have a desire to God to raise up a new generation of children and young people who have faith like them. We want our children, our young people who are in this church and those in this city yet unreached to have faith like theirs or rather even greater faith. God still does and will do great things with young people and children and we want to encourage this. At Jubilee we are committed to our young people and children. We want to see this generation reached across the city and TLG is just part of what we are doing to help fulfill that calling upon us. I want to encourage us, will you join us in praying, in serving and giving our gift day to this work? Will you invest in the youth of our city? Many of us here are already parents, grandparents, some of us are working in social work, fostering, in education, health, supporting youth and children. We want to honour you today and encourage you to have faith for the children that God has placed in your care. For all of us, we can all play our part in shaping a new generation. Let's just stand together.